0: Welcome to a a special episode of It's All Good. Um, I'm here with the Dated Waves, which is a local band here um, at the University of Illinois. Um, I've been wanting to get into some more music content with this podcast, um, and I thought these guys would make the perfect um, guest, so thank you guys for joining me today, Mm -hmm. Um, and if you all just wanted to just kind of like one at a time briefly introduce yourselves, um, what your role in the band is, and then we'll get going.
1: Uh, hello, my name is Kevin King, and I play saxophone and flute, and I talk a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, my name is Sam, uh, Sammy Gassessa, full name.
3: I play guitar in the band. Uh, my name is Aditya Kashyap. I play the bass. And my
4: name is Trevon Raghuram, and I play the drums. So um, I think
0: the first time I saw you guys was at a house party. I honestly don't remember where but it was, last <laughs> year. Um, and kind of like what took me is you guys sound like just a lot more together and like you guys kind of have like a fusion sound that like makes you stand out from other acts that I've heard on campus right. um, obviously I've known a DTF for a while um, but I thought you guys were a good like group to showcase um, just kind of like talking about campus talent we have here so mm-hmm. I don't know who wants to take this question but how did the data waves come to be
2: so uh th- Originally, we were actually known as the Apothecaries, and we were formed through uh, a class that's offered uh, Through Allen Hall called the Allen Hall rock band class and we we joined the class and initially none of these guys were actually in there. It was just me and um, Four other guys, so we had a bass player named Alex We had a drummer named Seth a piano player named Joey and a singer named Noah so we went by the Apothecaries, and um, we had a band director, his name was Chris, and uh, so that's that's really where we got our start, that's where we were put together.
3: Um, it was like fall of 2016? Yeah, it was yeah. the fall of
2: 2016, freshman year of college, we just came in, you know, at, at Allen Hall especially, because it's such a artistic community, there were a bunch of people there that played music, I wanted to meet other people that played music, and so you know, I would met some of the guys and they told me that they were joining this class. I was like, I'll join that class. Sounds pretty fun. You know, play music one hour a week and get credit for it. Like, I'll do it. So that's how the apothecary started, right? And then the year after that is when Data Waves came to be. And that's because we lost our lead singer. He transferred schools. We lost um, the bass player that we had that year, too. This guy, Aditya, he joined the band second semester of uh, freshman year. But Data Waves as a band, that name and everything came together sophomore year when we lost our lead vocalist. And I think really the biggest change in our band was that we were going to be purely instrumental at that point. And so, you know, the Apothecaries and the Data Waves were significantly different in that aspect. But both bands were really heavily inspired by groove music, old time funk, soul, R&B, blues, jazz. And, uh, you know, the uh, Data Waves kind of carried that, but Mm -hmm. just without a vocalist.
0: Um, so you guys are all the same age as me then. You guys, you guys are all seniors, right? I'm uh, yeah, um, no, a junior. You're a junior, junior. junior straight on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and you're a senior too, Kevin? Yeah, we're
1: all um, the same age then.
0: Cool. So, except for you, everybody's gonna be graduating at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, like, how is kind of coming into Allen, just for you guys all at the same time, and coming into the university, and like, just like that want to meet people who make music and who are kind of like-minded, how is that kind of like helped you guys succeed cuz i mean you guys have played a lot of gigs around mm. here like yeah compared I mean, to other bands
3: for the last couple of years we've played like at least we we've played at least like 3 or 4 shows a month every month for the last like 2 years mm-hmm. yeah. um i mean yeah. sometimes more than that sometimes less than that but like i mean the the drive to play music started from when we were all a lot, a lot younger we all have different musical backgrounds like we all were playing in bands in high school we were playing like Music, ed- we do music education, or just like I don't know, being goofy and playing rock in basements, whatever. <laughs> whatever the background is, yeah. you know, um, we all like had that desire to play, and it's kind of it's like a fishing hook, right? Like once it once it gets its hold on you, then it, it's not easy to let go of that. So, like for example, I wasn't playing first semester freshman year, and I was like dying to find a band, and that it just happened to work out that the Apothecaries were losing their bass player, and that I was searching for a band. I met them all through Facebook actually. So I mean. The, I guess the drive to keep us, like, playing and stuff like that is just something that's, like, intrinsic, you know? You, you have some need that needs to be met creatively, and, like, that's just how we do it. And that's the thing that has kept it going. And you said, you asked, like, how it helps us be successful. I yeah. think it's, it, it motivates us to, kid, like, by doing this, it motivates us in other aspects of our lives, too. Keeps us, like, nir- driven doing other things as well, especially, like, being full-time students here. It's very demanding, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um... And like, are you guys all like music students, or are you all in different things?
3: We're all in different majors, all right, actually. Let's or... run it down really quick. Yeah. No, start?
4: Yeah, I'm an accounting major of all things, actually. <laughs> so straight rounds accounting—that does yeah. not relate. At all. <laughs> yeah. There's just no carryover for that, is there? Big
3: numbers yeah. Not really. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, it's kind of like a. I'm kind of like an accountant by day and a musician by night. Okay. <laughs> That's how I put it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I kind of just get all my work done for accounting stuff like earlier in the day, and then once I'm done with all that, then I can like hang out, play music, and do the stuff I really like to do. So you work to play? Yeah. Sort of, yeah.
1: That.
4: What about you at DCF? I'm
3: at Agricultural and Biological Engineering. That's my major. Yeah. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> on the same page. Yeah, my major is technical systems management.
1: Also, major. Yeah, it's kind of just a sub program of his major. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually a music major. I'm a jazz studies major.
0: Okay, there's like the only like Damn. not surprise. I'm not surprised either. I'm hosting a podcast. I'm a journalism major, so I feel like our majors make some sense. You guys yeah. got whole like other hustles going on. Yeah. Um, what's it like? Kind of like. So, would you all say that music is like the passion? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think so. Um,
0: but you guys like are are you guys like gearing up for careers <coughs> in each of your respective fields though that you're studying, or like what's sort of the the thought here? Because, like to me, like um, like you guys are all about to graduate, so like mm-hmm. what's what's
3: moves? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, where's I mean for me, and I guess I can speak for myself, but I'm definitely still looking for jobs outside of uh, outside of college, like. For graduation, I'm um, still not finding a lot of, haven't got like offers and stuff, Funny, you know, still applying, trying to get things like that. Because I mean, the reality is you still need a day job. Really? So, I mean, you can be passionate about whatever you want, but you need to fund it somehow. So, I mean, ideally, I'd be able to get a job. I'm trying to stay in the uh, Chicago area just because of uh, having a lot of musical connections, is hard to develop. It takes a lot of years. Um, we're lucky enough to have been from the suburbs, we know a lot of people in the city. Kevin is from Chicago. Right. I mean, like, we're all, like, pretty closely related to Chicago. So, like, developing those connections, with it, it's already pretty much there for mm-hmm. us, you know. We play there over the summer and over breaks. So, I mean, all, all of that's there. So, ideally, if we could stay around the city area, it would give us the opportunity to, you know, to work with what we've yeah. been building in college, you know.
0: Are all of you guys kind of, like, thinking, like, where you're probably going to stay in the Chicago area, like, in the immediate future? Or are any of you guys, like, kind of thinking about outside the box? You still got a little bit of time, sure. Bro. Yeah, I've got some time to
4: think about
1: it, but, you know. Yeah. Still playing yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about taking, like, maybe an extra year. Uh, I'm thinking yeah. about taking some classical. See, so I play other instruments other than saxophone. I play flute, play clarinet, uh, I play oboe. Um, my thing is I'm a woodwind doubler, and um, I'm trying to play in, like, Broadway pits and things of that wow. nature. Um, so I'm trying to figure out... Uh, just getting lessons and learning more from like people that actually specialize on those instruments and aren't doublers mm-hmm. so I can become as good as them on all my instruments you know that's like right. a world class flute player world class saxophonist world class oboe world class clarinet and you like if you heard me playing those like without knowing I was a saxophone player you would think that was my main instrument mm-hmm. I, that's basically what I'm trying to do cool so.
0: but you would say the sax is your main instrument for sure right, right?
1: That's, that's, my, that's my home that's my heart yeah um what started me in music.
0: Cool. How would you guys characterize kind of your sound? Because, like, I mean, that's, like, for someone listening, like, that's obviously something that they would want to know, I feel like.
4: Um, I, think, I think Sammy said it best earlier where he kind of just listed a lot of genres, and that, that is kind of, like, our mentality. Like, at our core, I think we're an instrumental, like, funk jazz band, funk jazz fusion, um, but there's influences from blues music, old school soul music r&b music there's pop music in there there's rock music in there um which all kind of yeah there's reggae in there as well (laughs) which all kind of stems from our like different like musical backgrounds so we each kind of like bring in our own unique flavor to the mix and then depending on the song or like the playing style like certain influences within those pockets like are at at the forefront Mm -hmm. in different songs than others so our sound kind of like morphs and changes as we keep, like, progressing through a live set or through an album. Uh, I kind of, like, walked into you guys, like, writing music,
0: um, like, right before, like, right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Like, what, what do you, were you guys, where you guys work <laughs> on? what were you guys literally working on in the moment right then?
2: We were trying to put together a new song.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, it yeah. wasn't going so great. <laughs> I mean, we were, mm-hmm. like, we've had sessions where we come mm-hmm. together and literally, like, one of us drops an idea and another one picks it up and somebody else does something on top of it and it just becomes like our best song like that month or you know one of our greatest songs so I'm I guess like yeah I don't know today I wasn't so wasn't so great but it's just part know. of the process yeah, yeah it's just it part takes, of the process yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: it takes not greatness to make greatness sometimes yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. um so it seemed to me like kind of like you guys like kind of just like like what you said like we'll just throw stuff down and like kind of work off of like what people put down, how would you guys describe, like, your writing process? Is it, is it sort
2: of like that? Writing process, for sure, is, it can be anything, right? Like, usually um, one of us will throw down an idea, or the other, the other way we might write a song is some, somebody will have an idea already that they've been, or even a song that they've been composing, and then just kind of show it to us. Like, I was doing that last year with some of our songs. Um, but yeah, as far as just, like, collaborative songwriting goes, one of us will lay something down. Maybe it's Diddy with the bass line, maybe it's Siobhan with a quick, uh, m- medium tempo to fast tempo groove, or even Kevin maybe with like a cool line, and then we just kind of build off of that. Just try to see what we can do. Well,
3: it's very like improvised, spontaneous too. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it will come from like us just like playing and sharing ideas. We don't like read any like we don't like write music down really. Right. It's all uh, my ear for the most part. Yeah,
1: mostly sure. R. Yeah.
3: Yeah, very much so. Yeah.
1: But I want to give uh, Sammy a big shout out though because early on in the data waves. Uh, inception mm-hmm. He was like Writing 95% Of our music yeah, um, yeah It was like Almost all him Most Mostly 100% yeah. a lot of um, ideas Back then yeah uh, But <laughs> later on We started Having like Jam sessions Where like Somebody would bring in An idea And we'd be like Oh that's cool Like but what if you Added this And then it kind of Turned into like Whatever it turned into Like I think uh, our, One of our newest songs The Raven was like that I like, I think Diddy brought in A bass line mm-hmm. And I heard the bass line and I was inspired. I was like, man, that's so cool. Let me yeah. think of a melody. And I came up with a melody. And Trevon came up with this drum groove. And yeah. that's how it was created.
3: I think that song in particular is pretty hilarious. Because from my point of view, <laughs> um, Sam was just like, play something funky. And I just played literally the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> and, and then he was like, that, that's really good. Like, remember that. And then you heard it and you were like, that's yeah. really good. Remember that. And like, no one was trying to like, make anything amazing. But that's like, easily one of our favorite songs to play live now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many songs do you guys have like that you've recorded that are just out there?
3: So we have. uh that's a so on all streaming platforms we have two EPs out right now. Uh, we recorded the first one in twenty eighteen. It's called Drunk Funk. The Second one is called Lady in Red, and that one we released uh, this past year. Yeah. Um, we also just released a three song EP on SoundCloud called Lilac, which are just a uh, three. They were originally just going to be demos, but we just liked the way that they sounded and. We weren't playing them as much at shows, so we just wanted to mm-hmm. put those out so that, you know, people would get a chance to hear that music. So we have three EPs out now. Um, also some live recordings that you can find, but those aren't on uh, streaming services anymore. I got you. You know. um,
0: what is how long would you guys say like you took on like a project like the Lady like Lady in Red
3: like, mm-hmm. um,
0: just from start to finish in terms of writing it to recording it and then releasing it?
3: I'd definitely say the writing process is the longest one. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
4: I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, so the, the recordings that ended up on Lady in Red were all done in like a live setting. So two of the tunes that ended up on that release were recorded in a, uh, a live session in the living room of a house in Urbana at Portlandia uh, for Groove Days, and there's like a whole video and like a full live session on YouTube. Um, so we pulled two of those tunes, and then also um, a couple months later we performed a house show in that same house's basement, um, that we got professionally recorded with like, um, like a full on miking system and everything, uh, and we pulled three tunes from that live set. to Wait, also that add. was uh, what was that called? That, that show? Jamnesty. Jamnesty. Yeah. Okay. Was, well, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, the project as a whole ended up being like a combination of those two, okay. and then we got um, some close collaborators to help us mix it, uh, track it, and master it. Shout out to Tom Gibbons, Alan mm-hmm. Shue. And Mick Hutchins for helping out with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's funny yeah. The last time I was here, I was with uh,
0: Alan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mick was here, too. Um, what's the name of this? Does this house have a name? We're in a... The Swamp. In, the Swamp? The Swamp. The Swamp. We're in yeah. the swamp out <laughs> in Urbana. Um, for those of you listening. Um, if you guys aren't... If you're listening and you're not familiar with the thriving, like, authentic Urbana housing we have, like, on campus you're missing out and if you're ever if you're a U of I student right now and you've never been to a house show out in Urbana um, you're missing out you need to check out some of these venues uh, that you yeah. guys have played um, mentioned uh, Portlandia that's one what are some other like good house either alive currently or passed on and no longer yeah. throwing shows what are some of the cool venues you guys have played around here that are house
4: shows
3: so I guess the, we start with the current ones right yeah. so we got like the current ones the ones that are still up
2: yet, uh, yeah yeah Fractal Farm is one of them? Yeah. yeah Fractal Farm,
4: it. which is, like, a little... It's a little further out. There's also, on Illinois Street, there's a house called The Source that yeah, we Source. played at several times now. Um, in addition, there's another venue called Waluigi's Mansion, yeah, which is down. pretty close to downtown Urbana. Um, so basically, like, throughout Urbana, uh, and sometimes even Champaign, there'll be house shows, but there, it's more of an Urbana thing, it seems like. Um, but all across, like, kind of campus town in Urbana, um, there'll be, like separate houses here and there that all have, like, kind of a funny name that'll, that'll be throwing shows. Right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Uh I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, like,
0: what's it like kind of, you know, doing some of these shows, like, you know, I've thrown some house shows like myself, like, in sometimes like grimy, like, you know, really <laughs> compact old basements that people just kind of, like, you know, pile into, because it's like, some of the best shows I've been to have, have been in, like, those settings where, like, if you're not there,
4: people are like, "What is going on?" Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> very like sweaty, shoulder to shoulder type rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: that's why I always say that. You know, it's been a good house show when once you once you like once the show is over and once you leave the room, the the whole room is sweating. <laughs> <'Cause>, like <laughs> oh, yeah. all the condensation and all like the heat from all those bodies in that room for like. You know, three to four plus hours sometimes. Like the whole room will just like start dripping if it was just like completely <laughs> packed in there. Yeah, and I always think yeah. that that's a sign of like a really really good show. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, have you
0: ever had any shows like get shot down? Like when you guys are just getting going or like many, before you guys?
1: Many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many times. That's a bummer.
3: There's definitely. I I remember one in particular. It was like at the very end of our sophomore years, like end of twenty seventeen oh, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think we got up there, and, like, our keyboard player just got plugged in, and we were, like, warming up a little bit, and we just started our first song. We played for, like, 25 seconds, and then party gets shut down. Everyone has to leave. Huh. Yeah,
1: I don't it was really that. frustrating. Was we
3: were, like, the last people to go on. I I think it was... Oh, yeah, um,
1: yeah. They were behind, right? It was
3: way down on, like, Springfield. Like, oh, No, actually, this is one, this is the one in Champaign. Um, oh, we're, we're, yeah. Uh, I do shout out that, to actually. Lime Forest. A lot of the guys from Lime Forest used to live there. I forget what it's called, but... This was like one of the Champagne House shows. Just got shut down like immediately
1: when we started. Yeah, you, you I remember that. that. The Neighbors. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually doing a show, Us on the Bus. Yeah, that's right. Right here, right? Yeah, at the that's Swamp. The, right. yeah, yeah, that's the Swamp. See, um, for those of you listening, I'm also part of Us on the Bus, which is an events and concert group. Um, we do a lot of stuff in Champagne and Urbana and a little in Chicago, too. Um, we've had a little bit of a hiatus this semester, but we're back with a pretty sick show. Um, which is next Saturday, um, where you can actually catch the Data Waves live here. Um, it's kind of Alan. Alan is kind of the inspiration for the show. Alan who's mm-hmm. um, who, is, who uh, produces As Your Beautiful Ruin. He's one of my favorite personal producers. Um, but yeah, that show will be here. Uh, it's from 9 to 12 p.m. next Saturday night. $5 cover to get in. We got... Isaiah G., who's going to be playing that show too, MPO, another great um, artist on campus, and Audio Goblin. Um, CJ Run and Mick will be here too, so mm-hmm. that, should, that should be a really loaded show. Yes, sir. Um, I'm hoping to come to that, but it's also my semi formal that night, and my mm-hmm. girlfriend already, like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. About that, maybe I might, be sliding, like... I might be sliding immediately after. So, okay, you guys are towards the end, right? Yeah,
4: your beautiful room will probably be going. Yeah, by. we got
0: to make sure that doesn't get <laughs> shut down before you that's guys it, get to go on. True. though oh, yeah. uh, We've had some of our shows get shut down recently, but usually that's a sign of them being too popping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, we'll put it that way. Um, kind of like we're talking about shows like what are some of your guys' bigger shows that you guys have played because i know you guys have played at canopy i know you mm-hmm. guys have played at multiple venues in chicago
3: yeah
0: um how how is how have those what have those been like for you guys and, and what are they
3: yeah so <coughs> um i guess for just the data waves as a group a lot of the bigger ones that we've done include um recently we just played uh full auditorium which is great uh canopy club multiple times uh, for different events um we we've, we've done the big stage and the small stage many other times, opening for uh, like you know touring bands coming through town and um, Pygmalion Festival as well, where they bring in a lot of touring artists. So we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, any more that come to mind? Uh,
4: mm-hmm. In Chicago, we played the Festival of Life this oh, past um, oh, yeah. summer. This past summer, which went really well. We've also played at uh, the Elbow Room and a few few of the other uh, kind of like DIY venues mm-hmm. around Chicago.
3: Um, yeah, it was actually really nice doing a, like a headlining venue show in Chicago. Still having yeah. people come out, oh, you yeah. know, still having a lot of people really enjoy it. So being able to go there and still do our thing, get that good reception. Was, was that, that at the Elbow Room? That was at mm-hmm. the Elbow Room. Yeah. Was I was wanted it, to, yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you about that detail because I saw when you guys did that. Like, we've like been thinking about you know trying to do some more Chicago shows. What what was that venue like?
3: I thought that was a really nice venue um they do a lot of they have like upstairs and they have upstairs like a small stage where they do open mics things like that downstairs is like a it's a decently medium sized venue got, I mean I thought it was a very cool place to play I've been there before actually.
4: I hate to hate to burst the bubble but Shoot. I saw something online the other day that said that the Elbow Room was gonna shut down oh. in December <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's like completely finalized Mm -hmm. or what the the deal is regarding that but some like Chicago news outlet reported that like the the headline was like oh like legendary DIY spot is like (laughs) getting shut down or something I was like oh this better not be the elbow room and it it was was. that's trash yeah so um, regarding that situation I don't know what the future will be as far as the elbow room but we always have a great time playing there the other guys uh, did a show at the elbow room the previous summer as well Mm. without me um, with Seth and which also went pretty well I would yeah imagine. definitely yeah. Um, if you guys had like one performance to point to as like
0: either you guys thought it was your best or like you had the best time what would that be just... yeah no that's kind of a mm. deep question
2: last here. year we did a show at Fractal Farm and we played it right after we played the great cover up so it was like a back to back two shows in one night kind of deal both went really well in my opinion both were really fun too so
4: yeah I agree with that, yeah. The Fractal Farm set ended up uh, being, like, a secret show, so we weren't listed on the bill. Yeah. Um, but we kind of, we told some of our friends that we were we were going to be there, and then um, we went on, like, pretty late at night. We were the last band to play, and we still had, like, a pretty good turnout, and everyone was really digging it. And uh, we got, like, a pretty, it's, it's kind of a dodgy recording, but we do have a mm. recording of the set that... Uh, sometimes I go back to it and I'm like, yeah, that was a really fun one. So I'd agree. agree. Do you guys record most of your sets? Like just for yourselves? Um, not most, but some of them do end up getting recorded. Usually when whoever, whoever is like throwing like a house show or if it's at the canopy club, if the engineer has like extra mics that they can use to record, sometimes we just ask them like, Hey, would you mind like setting them up and you know, so we can listen back to it later. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Recently we've had some cool opportunities for recording. Uh, the U of I Music School, so we just went into uh, the music building to do a little recording session with their, um, it's like their capstone audio engineering class. They, oh, they kind of took care of us and set us all up. and then, mm-hmm. So we just recorded with them, and we're also planning on uh, heading into the studio at Parkland College, which is called uh, Perimeter, Perimeter Road Sound Studios. Um, Adam Porter is a guy who runs it, really good guy, excellent uh, producer as well. Oh, he goes by the name of Wing Clipper. Yeah,
0: I actually know Adam. Yeah, I was about to ask if that's who you were going to record. Yeah, that's Matt. yeah. So
3: he offered that. Uh, that's awesome. Try 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 be doing that in the near future as well. Yeah, he's mm-hmm.
0: a crazy like talented yeah, guy. Yeah, extremely talented. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy too. Um, Parkland's got like a really robust like program. It seems like yeah. for just kind of like broadcasting and like music.
3: Yeah, they had us at their uh, their studio mm-hmm, had yeah. a th- yeah perimeter road uh, festival yeah. last year. They threw a music festival. Uh, this past May actually it went really well for us. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, for
0: anyone who doesn't know Parkland is the local community college in Champaign, Urbana. Um, it's a pretty good school in all yeah. around 100%. For, as far as community colleges goes, really. Like it's Absolutely. a top dog. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys kind of have as your, your plans for like the rest of the semester and the rest of the school year? Um just going forward as a band right now.
1: Yeah. Just seeing as how far we can go, you know? Just seeing uh, how much great music we can make, how many people we can affect and make feel better, you know? Um, just sky's the limit, you know? Who knows what happens tomorrow, you know? We could say we want this to happen today, but, you know, life isn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, a twist and turn can happen at mm-hmm. any moment.
0: Just, that's kind of a good collective thought, you guys would say? Yeah, I yeah, that's exactly that, you know? Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to ask uh, back when Sam was talking earlier was, you guys made the decision after the Apothecaries lost, like lead their, their vocalist, like mm-hmm. you made the decision to go completely instrumental. What kind of went into that? Because like to me, that's brave. Like yeah. a lot of like people like don't listen to music without that. That is just right. instrumental, even though like obviously a ton of people do. Mm -hmm. but like I feel like that's a bold decision as a group to make like and you guys have stuck with that really well and I feel like that's kind of like been a fantastic decision for you guys just like letting the music shine on itself and like your own individual talents yeah but how did that come about
2: that's a good question actually um not something I think about too much but yeah when we did lose our lead singer Noah so I know at the time it was me and Joey and Seth we were the uh Members who had transitioned from the apothecaries into the data waves, and we were all very into the idea of jamming. Uh, Joey had a really uh, extensive jazz background, and with a lot of jazz music, it, it really is done instrumentally. And a lot of jazz musicians carry themselves with a very wide array of knowledge and uh, you know versatility when it comes to playing music. So, you know, Joey bringing that to the table. Uh, really kind of motivated a lot of, I think, me and Seth really to just, you know, stay inside of this, you know, instrumental bubble and really kind of uh, expand our, you know, expand our skills and abilities and knowledge as far as much as we could. And to, to our understanding as well, when we played together without Noah, our singer originally, we, um, we, we noticed that we would actually have like a lot, of, a lot of great ideas that, you know, were just purely instrumental and we thought, you know, okay, like we have something here. And I know when sophomore year started, the idea of finding a vocalist was, was always there. We were like, we need a vocalist, we need a vocalist. But at some point, um, we gave up on that search. Maybe because it was hard to find a vocalist that we wanted to work with mm-hmm. at the time, or whatever it might have mm-hmm. been. So at some point, we just all hopped on you know, the instrumental wave, and we were like, let's just do this. Um, yeah, well from there.
0: Um, what was your experience with Pygmalion like? didn't you guys open up for Black Pumas?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. which
0: like, that kind of seemed like a really fitting bill to me, mm-hmm. like, for you guys.
3: Actually, uh, this <laughs> for Kevin and I, we performed uh, Pygmalion a couple years ago as well with CJ Run. Uh, that yeah. was CJ's first show, doing like a full band kind of setup, mm-hmm. um, which was a cool experience. So it was actually our second time going through. And yeah. actually Siobhan played with CJ uh, last year, opening for... Card- Playboy Cardi. Yeah, Playboy yeah, Cardi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Playboy cool. Cardi, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've all played the festival before, but this is our first time doing it as the Data Waves. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Black Pumas are a great band. Uh, we're all big fans of them from Austin, Texas. If you haven't heard of them, check Absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Shout yeah. out to they Black cute. Pumas for um, being a Really great yeah. band. Really yeah. um, it was great playing with them. Uh, the way the festival was set up this year is a little bit different than it has been in the past. Mm. Um, usually it's out like on a main festival stage, but this year it was kind of spread out between... Um, Venues throughout champaign Urbana,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, so we we ended up having a pretty good time with that, and uh, everyone we worked with was really great. The I mean, overall, it just felt like another show. We had a lot of cool people come out from a lot of different cities. We had friends coming in from out of town. We all had different people coming from like Nashville, Chicago, um, Iowa, just coming to see this festival. So it was great to like be able to play for that kind of crowd.
0: That's pretty awesome. What yeah. is it like? What does it mean to you guys? And like, say about you guys, like you know, as a group that. As Adicia just said, that you're able to draw people from like Nashville to come see a set, right? Even if they like are your friends and they
4: know you, but like, I mean, that to me is so powerful that you guys are able to do that. I mean, it's awesome. Like, it, it's all it's all about the musical community supporting what each other are doing. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, if 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 whoever is going to a show likes the music enough, they'll be willing to go and see you. You know, so it is also like validating for us as a band that we. Like, we're able to, like, gain, you know, new fans or also, like, have friends who are willing to, like, make the trip and come down just to see us perform and maybe hang out with us for a little bit. Um, Yeah, it's just a, it's a really good time all around, and we we do the same thing. We try to for, like, for others as well, just, like, go and support our friends, but also, like, just experiencing great music is something that can't be understated enough, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I feel like this might be, like, a little goofy of a question, but, like, how would
0: you guys characterize your roles within the band and like the dynamic you guys have like each one of you? Cuz that's I feel like I don't know. <laughs>
1: you
0: you got to have chemistry, right? You got to yeah. kind of sort of like everyone knowing their role.
1: Um well, I feel like since we're talking about not having a singer and stuff, I feel like I've taken that role as the singer of the band. Um as the saxophone player, I'm kind of the voice of the band. I play the melodies of the songs. I try to play the melodies and keep them fresh, but maintaining the integrity of the melody, not going st- too far away mm-hmm. from it. Because uh, Sammy writes beautiful melodies. I mean, I write great melodies. I want to make sure you know what the melody is. And it's harder for a listener to know what that melody is when there's not words attached to them. So I have a really important job in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to not having a singer... A uh, funny story is uh, Noah didn't really uh, dig me all that much, and that was one of the reasons why. <laughs> I was, Yeah. So um, the funny part was uh, I was like not in the band for a long time, but I was playing with these guys a lot. Like I was playing with them with a for, for a bunch of house shows. Like what kind of house shows? Even doing? with the apothecaries. Uh, yeah, with yeah, the apothecaries, uh, right? So I was like never actually officially in the band, was I? Uh no. No. I don't think I was ever actually No, no, no But yeah, I was just yeah, like a sad right. man In the apothecaries yeah. and, and, I, and Noah would be like Yeah, yeah, Kevin can come But he, he's not in the band He's yeah, just Yeah, at that time he,
2: he was just like You were like a side man You'd come on right. like, a, like a celebrity like, <laughs> a Celebrity appearance a celebrity, a celebrity appearance, appearance. Essentially Just like one
1: or two songs like, Right like these two So then Noah <laughs> left And then I became I essentially became The singer of the band yeah. Hey, Kevin You want to now You want to be in the band? That's yeah. kind of what That's kind of yeah. what happened so I'm the singer. I, that's, I, that's what I would say I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> no uh,
3: the other roles, What are we talking about again? So the roles. The roles. The roles. Band, yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think uh, with how our band has always operated, really, is just kind of been, like, we're very, very concentrated on creating really catchy and uh, consistent grooves that make people move. And so, really, what's, it's very important to have, uh, you know, a solid rhythm section for that to work out. So, you know, uh, Siobhan and Diddy, they're, they're kind of very locked in when we write music and when we're uh, playing shows because, like, they know that they, like, they're really the backbone, essentially, of our entire sound, you know, given the fact that we're a four-piece. Um, so, I mean, if I had to kind of just set roles for everybody, I'd say... And, and with me, and me too, as I play guitar, I, I prefer to play rhythm over lead. And that kind of works out because Kevin likes to play lead. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say like my my when I play rhythm, I'm always trying to complement what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'll hop on the wah pedal or the phaser and try to kind of create somewhat of a complementary sound to whatever is already happening uh, between the dynamic between these two mm-hmm. guys. So that's kind of yeah. the like The
3: chemistry that. just has to be like very democratic because right. mm-hmm. we have to sound like a single unit we can't just sound like four people playing at the same time mm-hmm. especially when there's no singer yeah. right you can't sound like four people playing at the same time otherwise it just comes off as you know it just, it's not listenable uh, right. so sounding like a unit trying to sound like what you would something you would hear on the radio is critical mm-hmm. yeah
0: Trying to sound like something you would hear on the radio in terms of, like, chemistry, though. You would say not in, like...
3: Listenability. Cohesive,
0: listenability, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, your guys' sound is not, like, what I would hear on, like...
3: No, it's not mainstream at all.
1: Yeah, not not, not mainstream
3: at all. It's not mainstream
4: We just mean, like,
1: professional, like, a professional level, like, great, you know? Well, we were kind of trying
4: to take, like, instrumental music and make it appealing to, like, a mass audience who was maybe looking for, like things like vocals or like mm-hmm. kind of like poppy changes or things like that like there are elements of that we that we could adapt in our own context that could sort of like benefit us as far as like reaching like a broader listener base i feel so that yeah. right um yeah i wish i w- i wish we'd like we could figure out a
0: way to like play some of your guys music on mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. um no pressure or anything if you guys want to like send me something to like fade out with or something <laughs> oh so sure, like, sure. uh, yeah um you know get a little listen. Um, But yeah, like, this is one of the bands, like, for me on campus that has made more of an impact than basically any other band. Um, I'm, if if you're listening and you don't know, like, I'm, I've always been, like, a hip-hop guy. So, like, but, as Trayvon was saying, you know, you can like a different kind of music primarily, and then, boom, people can be doing stuff right that catches your ear, and it's like, I mean, there's a lot of talent, there's a lot that goes into that, um... Did you guys expect to be at this point where you guys are at now when you guys kind of started doing this? Because, like, to me, I mean, this point means, like, you guys have released three EPs, you've played tons of shows, like, tons of house shows, but also a lot of legit venue shows and a couple festivals. Like...
1: I mean, not really, no. I mean, I feel like we were just, like, friends playing music together, and we happened to make really great music that people liked, and then all that stuff happened. I feel like that's what... I think yeah.
3: it was the fact we were able to stick with it. A lot right. of college bands just end after a year or so. because people like constantly mm-hmm. changing and moving. Yeah. But but even though we had a lot of lineup changes and movement, like we were able to keep it going, keep it under one name. You know,
2: right. definitely also because we're all friends, we all like to play music together. There was always this uh, element of hard work that we were putting in without even thinking twice about it because we all take it seriously. I mm-hmm. think that uh, got us to certain places that you know, like we we truly like deserve to be at just because Mm -hmm. we put in the work and like yeah
0: Aditya mentioned um, you know kind of like the I don't want to say like stereotype like the common theme that you know college bands get together and they kind of like you know make some stuff and then oh someone graduates you know someone moves on um, and that's kind of it what do you think uh, what is tough about being a band in college you know and, and really making this stuff like not only just Sticking together, but you know, making a cohesive sound and being consistent in the way you
4: guys have been. Mm -hmm. I think like one of the really important parts in just being a band in general is being able to just like interact and essentially just be really good friends with everyone who's also in the band. Because when it turns into a situation where everyone is just gathering for the sake of playing music, then sometimes people might lose passion or there might be, like, egos involved or something like that. But when it's a situation where it's, like, like, I feel like if we weren't playing music together, we would still be hanging out in some capacity. Like, we're still all really good friends and we spend time together when we're not playing music. So, like, the key to, like, maintaining, like, a good college band, I think, is to, like, actually really like your other band members and to, like, vibe with them on, like, similar music, I guess. Mm-hmm have to say about um just kind of the
0: musical community here um at U of I but also just kind of like in Urbana because it's like I've actually never lived in Urbana I've always lived in Champaign like my four years and it's funny because like I've noticed a lot of students like no offense to anyone who's listening to this a lot of students haven't really taken the time to kind of get out to Urbana and, and check out some of like the you know the house parties um but, like, kind of the stuff that goes with that, you know, like, these more planned out, artsier, like, shows and, like, ideas and events, like, I mean, like, some of the stuff, like, the Collective Magazine's done that sticks out to me is, like, every student should check this out because it's, like, very different than a frat party or, like, going to Brothers or going to Lion or something like that, and it's a, a very unique part of the college experience. So, like, what do, you, what do you guys think about just kind of the scene you guys have or a part about here?
2: Um, I, I can say for, so one thing for sure is, that, so when I came in freshman year and uh, started playing with the Apothecaries, you know, that was, that was really how I found out about the scene because um, up until that point, I was just going to class, doing that typical stuff, just, you know, frat party, drink around in the dorms, just like, you know, have a good time. Um, but the house shows, there was, there was something special about them because well, there was, there was music and live music at that, which is kind of very different from what happens on the rest of the campus. Uh, but also, there was like a very strong sense of, uh, well, there's a strong sense of diversity. It was a very welcoming feeling when you'd come to house shows. And generally speaking, like everybody was there to have fun. You know, nobody's there to cause trouble. Nobody's ever there to like uh, make somebody else have a hard time. Everybody's just there to, you know, unwind after a long week and just like, listen to some live music in a basement, even if they're, you know, mm. s-
3: sweating. Sweat's like, yeah, <laughs> no. so the common theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one
4: thing that's true with every house show. It's <laughs> the thread that unites us all. <laughs> right.
0: yeah. um, any of you guys else have, like, thoughts about just, like, kind of the part of the college experience that, you know, like, the local music scene has to offer or
4: just, like, what being a part of that is, like, for you? I'd say, like, the community here, the thing that I've noticed is that it's all very, very tight circles of friends. Like, anytime that you go to a house show, um, at least, like, recently, it's actually been spreading a little bit. But a lot of times when you would go to house shows back in, like, 2017 and 2018, you would know, like, over 50% of the people there. And sometimes there would be, like, a good amount of people there, you know? But it's all, like, a very tight community of friends and a very, like, nice group of people who are very welcoming, very open-minded, and just, like essentially just really cool to be around and really cool to party with and like I think that like the other people in the scene like sort of notice like how tight the community is and that's how like the scene has begun to grow because it's essentially like a group of musicians and creatives and artists like planning these shows, putting them together and inviting all their friends Mm. so then like that whole group just starts like spread and spread more as more and more people find out about the parties and like come through to them and different people go to parties in different locations etc etc so it's all been, like, a very organic, like, steady growth in the scene, yeah. which I think is really cool.
3: It, I, I see it as the, uh, the network of creatives in this area. For example, um, like, when, like, I know freshmen and stuff will post on, like, the Reddit page or Facebook page for our school and be like, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so people to play music for, or, hey, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer. Um, I guess my word of advice for those people who are searching for that, like, creative community is to go to these events. They're all public. They're all open, you know, very accepting places. And when you go there, you're meeting, like Shravan said, all these creative minds, like people who are into many different things, and just yeah. talking to them. Even if you're not a creative person, just going and talking to them will give you, you know, you'll definitely learn something from them, and you'll have fun too. You'll,
0: you might just hear some good music. You just <laughs> might, you just <laughs> might yeah, have some Maybe. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I know we kind of, like, talked about, like, what your plans are for the future, but in terms of releasing music and just kind of the end of the semester give me a rundown are you guys planning on any dropping any music and doing any shows other than the show that is going to be really late here that everyone else should come out to on November 16th <laughs>
3: yeah. we, we do have a lot of new songs that um, we're excited to drop we've been playing them live for a while now um, we did some recordings recently in, uh, with the music department like I was saying earlier um, the question is whether or not those are the ones that you're going to hear mm. or not it'll be up to us to decide when the time comes Aside from that, just know that we're still playing shows uh, all the way until at least May. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll definitely drop something before then.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Kind of wrapping up here, um, I feel like we've, we've talked about a good variety of things. Is there anything you guys want to talk about that we didn't really talk
4: about or touch on at all? We beat Wisconsin. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> football? That's really cool, yeah. Wisconsin yeah. and then Purdue. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know awesome. how that happened,
1: man. <laughs> the Data Waves are
0: fans of Illinois football doing That's good right. things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where can uh, people find you guys' music and, and follow you guys on social media? Give me some plugs real
4: quick. So we're at the Data Waves on Instagram. Uh, you can look up the Data Waves on Facebook where we have an event page. So the best way to find out about concerts and to know, like, uh, where we're going to be at or any other events that we're doing is through Facebook. Um, and then we have music on all streaming platforms. So we have a couple of EPs that are out on Spotify, Apple Music, um, all that good stuff, Google Play. Um, and then we also have material, like, uh, all that material as well as some other, like, external materials also on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. And, yeah, we're just the data waves across all platforms if you want to find it. All right, yeah. This
0: has been pretty great. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about some music stuff for a while now. It was kind of part of the inspiration in in starting the show. So thank you guys so much. You guys are the perfect first guests to feature. Um, And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, This has been It's All Good. We'll be back at you next time.